welcome to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your Paul Blue Demons. This is sports you've never heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. I'm Trenton Trenticosito. How are you doing today, Jacob? Man, why couldn't I put in a nickname? You should have told me that beforehand. No, put in your nickname. Go ahead. I don't know what my nickname is. What? Oh, I see. Maybe you are Jacob Attic Man Ellis. No, the Attic Man is my ne- nemesis. Oh, okay. I don't like Attic Man. Attic Man, always then, watching. Then Jacob Anti-Attic Man Ellis. <laughs> so no, now my thing is, because now I'm just, I keep, pe- there's some people who like walk around my neighborhood at night and I live on like ground floor sort of deal. I could hear people just walking by my window really loud. And that sort of creeps me out. Like, what if they walk up to my window? Like, bump, bump. Hey, kid. Bump, bump. I haven't thought it out past that. (laughs) What if they knock on your window at like 1 a.m. and they tell a knock, knock joke? Well, there was once someone who walked the dog without a leash at night. I think they chose night because they were awake super late and they they didn't want to put a leash on their dog. And what the dog actually, one time when I was up late, the dog just came straight up to the window. I was in my bed and that was creepy. <laughs> just was like. <laughs> it's a very interesting impression that you did. It was a tiny dog. So it was, I wasn't sure if I do more about its voice or its breath. Cause you know, how those tiny dogs breathe because they've been so genetically made up like a pug. Pug doesn't have a big nose or it breathes regularly. It's like, <laughs> and it didn't do anything. It's breathing that heavily when it didn't do anything. It's just so badly designed of an animal. And you people think it's cute that you killed this awful animal that has heart problems its entire life. Every single pug has terrible heart problems. I feel the same way about fish. Like the, the genetically modified fish that are. Like, oh, I used to have one that was really like weirdly had big cheeks for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either that or like the glow fish that are like bred to be glow in the dark almost. Oh, yeah, that's messed up. I don't know how to do that. See, if I'm going to have one purebred dog, and it's not exactly purebred, I want a St. Bernard because those are the dogs they train in the Alps to like save you. If you get stuck in the Alps, and it's like, yeah, so if I ever go in the snow, I'm going to be fine. This St. Bernard's going to save me. So it has a purpose to its how it's been bred, unlike some other dogs, which have no purpose to why they've been bred that way, just to be ugly. I like the, uh, I like the Shiba Inu just because it has the nice curved tail, the, the Japanese Shiba. breed. Okay, yeah. See, I'm fine with that. It's still probably, I don't know the history of it's being bred. I don't know if it has a problem. See, I know pugs and bulldogs and a couple others, terrible heart and health problems. And they live terrible lives because you've let them be so badly bred. But that's fine. Yeah, the Shiba Inu, I think, is bred to be a, a hunting dog. Very, like, agile. But, I'm just going to look up ugliest dog. <laughs> but it's personality. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I got to show you. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. Well, you know, I never had any dogs or cats as pets, but you know what I did have as a pet? What? A rock. Oh, pet rock. 
at rock yes the it was... second greatest scam of the 80s <laughs> but it was free no well maybe the rock you got they used to sell rocks with the title pet rock and oh a ton of people bought that and it was a big scam i remember also going to like rock stores that had like marbles and other like assorted rocks that you could get or like shells and stuff yeah those are slightly different because it's like you find good ones see i got this little rock collection here this one's from scotland anyway the important rock i want to show you is this one it's big flat right white rock sort of has a pancakey look and how flat it is and for that but it would be the perfect rock for s stone skipping which we'll get to later i see but i got it in um cyprus you know cyprus yes yeah so my brother got an internship with the u.s embassy there so we visited him and it was during one summer and you just came across this rock no so we were going to beaches there there's a lot of beaches and there's one famous beach where there's this ginormous white rock and it's called aphrodite's rock now it's called that because in ancient greek philosophy before the war the gods like zeus and stuff they were whatever the thing was before gods it was like titans maybe and what am I my uh, my Percy Jackson in the Olympians reading time was far, far, far in the past. Okay, yeah, it was the Titans. So the Titans were before, okay? Okay. They were before the Greek gods, but it was like Zeus was born and he overthrew them with all of his friends and whatever, and they became the gods, but they had to kill the main god, Kronos, of the Titans, the god of the Titans, Kronos. And in the story, this is where it gets interesting, the only weak spot was, I might be getting this wrong, he might have been a different weak spot, but what I know is when Zeus took, took Kronos down, he cut off his rocks, so to speak, and those landed in the ocean. And what it was supposed to be is because of the nature of the rocks, out of the rocks came the Greek god Aphrodite, the god of love, because of the nature of the rocks. So this rock in Cyprus is known as Aphrodite's rocks because legend has it that's where Cronus's rocks ended up. I see. If they don't get it from that many pensions, I don't know what. And ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, Jacob has one of Kronos's rock just chilling no, in a bag so on a his shelf. This is a bit <laughs> that came off, and I was like, not everyone is going to be at Kronos's rocks. I'm going to take a nice run, and there we go. Got a nice size one I took off. Not everyone should take rocks from like the places they exist. That's bad because you eventually take it away. But it was on this big beach and I saw someone else take one. So I took one. I see. Well, and I got it through security. Uh, I must have I'm... been distracted by all that other stuff I had. 
We got to rock on, Jacob. <laughs> we got to let's rock and roll into the real conversation. So this is our stone special, and exact you know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about actual stones. Yeah. This week we have two stone sports, including stones of strength and stone skipping slash skimming. Stone skimming. If you don't know the difference between those two, we're going to find out this week, aren't we, Trenton? Yes, we will. But uh, why don't we start with the stones of strength? That sounds like something out of out of a Lord of the Rings movie. Which means I fell asleep in the first 15 minutes and I didn't see the rest. Oh, no. I get a lot of hate for that. I'm just sorry. And I, I just always fell asleep. And I they haven't were, gone around. To be fair, they were very I, long. What's funny is I read the whole Hobbit book. And I watched the, Hobbit move, the first Hobbit movie really excitedly. Then it was really bad. So I just became so disappointed in that. I didn't watch or read The Lord of the Rings, which is supposed to be better than The Hobbit, just because I was so disappointed in The Hobbit. Yeah. I, uh, so I don't really know. Yeah, they're very long movies, but I remember I actually rewatched the trilogy at the beginning of the pandemic in like two days. So that was a lot of sitting and watching. But anyways, back to the Stones of Strength, which are sadly My- not actually out of actually i just realized because now i'm gonna have my second birthday in the pandemic because i was at home on my birthday well i was like i was like my parents what do you want to do and i was like all i want to do is watch empire strikes back rayos of the lost orc and et in a row because those are my nostalgia movies and then like eat in an out buckle and you know what that's what i did that's it's a fantastic choice Self-love. That's all I want for my birthday. But yeah. Anyway, the Stones of Strength, there are regional competitions where people are challenged to lift the heaviest stone in usually a village. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy stones, actually. But we'll we'll get into that in a bit. First, we're gonna go into the origins. Uh, because you know every every sport has yeah, to have its origin did, story. Why did people start lifting up big stones? That's... Can we solve Can we solve Stonehenge in this episode? Why oh, Stonehenge exists? Yeah, because um... it's too heavy for them to have a lift, so they would need technology, which would imply the ancient English Druid society was way more advanced than anything else around it would make us believe. Yeah, I I don't know. We can, uh, well, we know based on how it's lined up, it's it's astrological because it lines up with I think it's the spring solstice or the winter solstice with how the sun moves around the earth, you know, so it lines up perfectly with that. But what does it mean? I have no idea, I just know that. (laughs) Let me explain that more, okay? So, because of that, on the winter. And some of solstice, the rocks line up perfectly in this pattern with those shadows. Now, because of that, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the famous astrophysicist, he figured out that because New York City is on a grid system, and this is true of every city with a grid system, if you you can find you can find out basically using math and knowledge of astrology 
when the perfect time of the year is, like one day in the year, where the sun would line up perfectly with the grid and like all the shadows off buildings would just line up with each other perfectly. So when you take pictures in the middle of the street that day, you won't have problems with shadows. Because oh. it will go allow, go down each building perfectly. Interesting. Yeah. So Chicago isn't exactly a grid system. No. But parts of it are sort of gritty. So there probably is a day, and probably someone already knows, when there's a day where you could get better pit photos based on that. Um, so picking up stones. It came out of Northern Europe. It essentially seems to have traveled with the Vikings because there was it come it started with Scandinavia and all of the countries that have official regional com, competitions with it were visited by the Vikings at some point historically, like Northern England, Scotland, Iceland. So, yeah, that's just interesting. <laughs> so the Vikings weren't all just about uh, anchoring and pillaging and adventuring and horned helmets. They were also carrying stones. Okay. So because of that, there was a ton of different ones across uh, Northern Europe, but they're all unique because they did, you know, have their own things. One that's interesting, in Faroe Islands, so the Faroe Islands are sort of, they're technically Danish, but they sort of self-govern. There are these island chain that's sort of halfway between Scotland and Iceland, if you look at them on the map, but you probably wouldn't see unless you zoom in. They're pretty small, but it's a chain of islands. So every island pretty much had a settlement. Each one had its own stone. So if you were to go visit these islands, it used to be in the olden times, you would go to each of these local lifting stones called a have, which is derived from the Danish word hiva, which means to lift. Ha ha, they lift it. Get it? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you visited you would be challenged by the locals to pick one up so basically imagine you come into a town you check into your, the best western and then they're like no 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 you gotta go lift that rock and if you do not succeed what will they do will they i don't know you stay at whatever was worse than the best western which i don't think there's a lot worse <laughs> so maybe they'll throw you off the island <laughs> I mean, no, you say it like, I don't know. What is it called? Quality Inn? I don't know. <laughs> Holiday Inn is my one of choice. Holiday Inn? They yes. tend to have complimentary breakfast. I've also They're been good. to many Holiday Inns as well. Dude, the one in Minion, I think it's not Minneapolis. It's Bloomington, uh, Minnesota. I don't know why this Holiday Inn was just so much better than any other Holiday Inn. It had like a it had every time you went to breakfast, it was a different breakfast every day. And it was a full buffet breakfast for free. They had like a crazy swimming pool. It was salt water. It wasn't chlorine. It was salt oh, water they used. And then they had like a sauna spa. It was humongous. I don't know why Bloomington, Minnesota had a really good holiday. Yeah. Sounds like okay. a fantastic experience. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just like that holiday in really was the best. And I've been to a lot of Holiday Inns. That one was the best. But anyway, so back to the Faroe Islands. So 
one of the Fair, one of the Faroe Islands in the village of Milkaladlo has a special rock they know as Mojunahav. The reason they call it that is that the last person to lift it was Mojun. I'm pronouncing it more French than Danish. Mojun, uh, who was a milkmaid in the 16th century. She was the last one to lift it. I see. She must have uh, had a lot of milk. That vitamin D. Ah, strong bones. There strong we go. bones, yeah, kids. there we go. Yep, lifting, lifting. All of you all kids that. who are listening to us talk about Cronus's stones. <laughs> it just it just makes me think of those, like, the, the Got Milk posters that were all over in schools oh, and, and stuff. Like the mustache, yeah. Yeah. It was weird. We had those posters, but we didn't have Got Milk branded milk. Right? Yeah. That's... You always had your own milk, but that was got. Well, I think got milk represents a dairy union, but they do make their own branded milk. So they represent like all of the dairies in America and they try to get you to drink milk. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, moving on in Scotland, it was known as Clockweedfer, which is Gaelic for manhood stones. And they were used for centuries as tests of strength. And usually it was because a young man would be welcomed into manhood when he was able to lift his clan's testing stone to waist height. So it's just a, a rite of passage for them to be able to lift this stone. And then you know, when, when you can lift this stone, then they're like, hey, congratulations, you're a man. You're old now. Yeah. That would be really weird. Like, you can't graduate, basically, next grade till you lift the stone. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, I guess I'm, I might just never graduate. Well, it's basically a bat mitzvah or, you know, like quinceanera. But instead, it's a Scottish version where you lift the stone. Okay. All right. In, oh, no. <laughs> it is. This one. Uh, I, I, I got you here. It is Dupensander. Iceland. In Dupensando, Iceland, lifting stones wasn't used to determine if you were a man. It was used to determine if you if the men were qualified to work on fishing boats. So pretty much, if you couldn't lift the stone, they don't trust you on a fishing boat, and they wouldn't let you on and to work. So that's your whole job interview. Hey, I want to like get some money fish on this boat lift this stone it's just so part of their, to... it's part Go of ahead. their it's just part of their job requirements you know i mean it makes sense if you it's sort of like there's on some jobs when you go job switching it says you have to lift like at least 50 pounds easily mm -hmm. same thing yeah i mean you know they didn't they didn't have to sit in class for for uh four years and learn about calculus and and uh take elective classes they just had to lift this massive stone well the stones are classified as amlu which is useless which weighs 50.7 pounds hafdron tingu which means weakling and that's 119 pounds hafstoku <laughs> which means half strength which is 220 pounds <laughs> ostoku 
which is full strength, which weighs 339 pounds. I see. Um, and and bring this. Yeah. You need to have. You need to be able to lift at least the weakling one, which was 119 pounds, to hip height on onto a ledge to be allowed on the fishing boats. I I love the names that they put to these because like the first it's like two. Those, it's those old timey carnival things where you hit the <laughs> with the the hamel and then you hit the thing and it goes up it mm -hmm. always has like offensive things on it right yeah so i mean this this clearly i guess classifies what the the people who were working on fishing boats were looking for i mean if you couldn't lift the first one then you're considered useless <laughs> and even if you were able to lift the one that qualified you to work on the fishing boats <laughs> you were still a weakling yeah, so they probably gave you a worse job. Like you would get a stupid job. Well, the force stuckle, the force strength. Man, those guys. That's the real deal. But so wait, these are all things that happened years ago. Does this sport still happen? Trenton. It does. does it it wow. does. But not in the same ways that it was before. Now it is mostly just used in competitions. Uh, you telling me I need a reference to work on a fish boat now? <laughs> ask, ask the stone. Um, so. so yeah, so um, strongman competitions like World's Strongest Man, which happens every year, and I think Venice Beach in Italy. Uh, I mean Venice Beach in California, <laughs> not Italy. <laughs> but uh. That one of the one of the things you do is you lift up a big stone, evoking these traditional competitions. Also in Scottish Highland Games, which we did in a previous episode, you can click here. They can't click, click can they? Click the link in the description to watch that. And in some of these places, there's still some local competitions. I read in Basque Country, which is in southern France, France. They still have it. So that is where they had strongman competitions in the past. What's interesting, though, is the main, because Basque Country was a lot of dairy farming, they lift giant, heavy milk jugs that are like, not like a gallon jug. They lift one that's like, I think, like 20 gallons. And that's what they do. And they go upstairs lifting both. That's very impressive. Yeah, so we should say these are all stone lifting competitions. There are plenty of stone carrying, like you got to carry it to a certain amount. We didn't do that. We were like, you lift it, that's enough. You got to carry this thing. Okay, so what are your thoughts on this trend? Uh, wow, those are, uh, those are some pretty hefty stones there. Pretty hefty indeed. Um, three... Three out of the four in Iceland weigh more than me. Not good. <laughs> well, that would be, they could lift you and be like, hey, this is fine. They could yeet me into the sun if they wanted to. They could. Um, yeah, so when we say, is this a sport, usually at the end of our segments, it's kind of hard when you take something where it's ancient and it might have been a sport at that time, but now it isn't in any way in the way they did it. 
to say, is it a sport? Because it definitely would be in 1800s when they really didn't have sport. Well, not 1800s, let's say 1600s. They didn't really have sports. And this would be quite a competition between you and your town. Mm-hmm. But now, and back then, everything was a sport because, you know, there's a lot more surviving you got to do. I mean, they didn't have real toilets. So that was a sport. Not in the same way, but it was a sport. So it's hard to compare. Right. Um, I think the way it is... It would be so much easier to get jacked when your entire diet is... Oh, wait, the diet wouldn't be all meat. It would probably be less meat, so... Because only the rich people had meat. Like, only, only man, like cavemen, they would be all meat. But these people would mostly be bread and stuff. Mm, yeah, or fish. Uh, fish, you get high protein. Well, the fishing towns were. Maybe right. not everywhere else, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe especially for the people who are working on those fishing boats, to begin with, you know, they're, they got to be rowing it. So they're, they definitely need to have some, some fitness to them. So maybe that's what allowed them to. Yep. So, okay. So yeah, is it a sport? No, not by a modern standards, but at some point, yes, it was a sport. Would you play it? Trenton? Uh, physically, I don't believe I can. But if I had to train very hard, I might be able to lift the useless one. <laughs> okay. I would try lifting. I bet I could do number two. But oof. I, I mean, number two, because you're supposed to, when we were talking about, we keep referring to the Icelandic ones. I bet I could do number two. But number three would be tough. Because you just got to get to hip height. I think I could sort of angle it. So I could get to hip height. But I don't think I could number three. I don't have half stuka. You okay. Don't have half strength. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with stone skipping or skimming. Find out. I'm a champion. Real life checks mechanism. I should kill him for rat. It's not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Okay, we're back. (laughs) What a break. What a break indeed. Trenton was just telling me about the time he was a classically trained ballet dancer. Yes, I would would be on my... My tippy toes, and I would be carrying. Dude, when we talk about sports, oh my gosh, those ballet dancers got to stand on their tippy toes. Oh yeah, damn right. What if they had to do that with a two hundred twenty pound boulder? Please do not could... try this at home. <laughs> well, you got to train so long just to be able to get your feet straight down like that. I mean, gosh. Carry your whole body weight on that. That's crazy. But speaking, I mean, yeah, let's get off of that. Let's talk about keep the stone rolling. Yeah, let's keep this stone rolling. (laughs) This is a good one for puns. Okay. You're right. It really rocks. 
<laughs> we don't move on from these puns at some point, it's going to feel like to the audience, they're just stuck between a rock and a hard place. I was wondering where you were going with this. And then I got it at the very end, right before you said it. I'm like, oh, I know where I know what's coming. Okay. So what is stone skipping versus skimming? We kept hinting at this. What does this mean, Trenton? Well, the difference between the two is that skipping is to see how many times a stone will bounce or skip before it sinks into the water. And skimming is to see how far the stone can travel across the water or skim across the water before it sinks. So one measures the amount of time it bounces. The other one measures how far it travels. Yeah, so you assume with both, if you could skip it far, you will get a lot of bounces. But there would still be a difference somewhat. And I have seen people have been able to skip it like in a lot closer chunks where they could get a lot more and they haven't been bouncing as much. But also, just as a quick mention, there's a Japanese variety called Mizukiri, which is cu- which means cutting water. And it has, it's where they judge it both on skimming and skipping principles. But they also judge it on the throw's overall aesthetic quality to figure out who wins. So it's, it's almost like judging Olympic diving, but yeah. instead you're judging. Um, well, stone. I totally understand this because when you skip, when you skip a stone, if you could get it in like a certain way, it looks better than in a different way. So I would think you would say that's a better throw, even if someone got it for though, if someone got it in a certain way. Almost, you ever see the times when it almost like glides across the water for a good oh, amount yeah. of time? That's, cool. that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. That's the best kind. Have you ever been able to manage to, to skip or skim a stone? I was with someone and they told me how, and only that time was able to skip it pretty well. Okay. But I haven't been able to skip it too well. Sometimes if you really just sort of throw it well enough, it will, but you don't actually have the right form. If you ever see people have the right form, I know it's sort of like you don't actually want to frisbee it because frisbee it, you can't get it right. If you do it side on, sort of get a good wrist action. That's how you get it well. Okay. There's also something about, so for the angle, when you're angling at the water, it is like you got to make sure you angle it in a way what's going to go up a little bit. Because if you angle it straight down, it's going to go straight down to the water. You have to angle it up a little bit. So it actually skips. Okay. And then does, I mean, I suppose the the stone size and like shape matters as well. Well, that's why I was saying this one I got from Aphrodite's Rock. You see how it's really thin. And I said it's pancake-like to the listeners. That would be something you would probably consider is like, this is a shape where it's easy to grip because you got to decide between gripping, like how you're going to be able to throw it and how it's going to be able to skip. And this is just a really good shape. 
So I watched like I saw a Stone Skipping Wood series on ESPN. Nice. Or like World Championship. And there was the guy, they were talking, the announcer was mentioning Stone Skippers. If they see a really good rock, like professionals, they would just grab that rock, keep it with them until they go to an actual competition. So when they're at the competition, they have all these rocks they've collected. <laughs> so most competitions, they let you do that. But there are some where it has to be like, you find a rock on this beach. But then, you know, they are the sort of people who can really figure it out. Okay. And then you can't do a lot of doctoring with it, I'm pretty sure, professionally. Nice. Because you could probably, if I want to, I could smooth out this rock. And a smooth rock is going to go better. Because you're going to have more control over how it's going to be able to move on the water. Because a rough rock would probably have problems with friction. Mm. Okay. I've never been able to. So maybe one day. One I come to Chicago, we'll like go on Lake Michigan, just go whoosh. I don't know if this is a good place to do it on Lake Michigan. Because what you really want is a lake or a pond that's just no no waves, waves whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. There's a pond in Lincoln Park, right? Uh I'm That's sure not there's... a good stone skipping pond, though. I know no. what it is. I'm sure there's something somewhere, though. They have like ducks that they're like reintroduced into the environment or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to go stone skipping in the middle of Lincoln Park Zoo. <laughs> no, not Lincoln Park Zoo. It's next to Lincoln Park Zoo, but it's like, yeah, it's a big pond, but I don't think it's a good stone skipping pond. Yeah, I, I, don't know if it will be appreciated would be really great if you go to a place where you can sort of just there's like a shallow port where you can stand in the water and skipping there that's what you really want right okay well we probably should have gotten someone who's actually good at stone skipping to talk about this though but do you you know somebody who's very good at stone skipping no yeah me neither I feel like that's something my dad told me. Oh, I used to be really good at it, but it wasn't that good. So I don't really know. <laughs> but anyway, so as we mentioned, there's that Japanese Friday, Mizukiri, which means cutting water. And you're probably wondering, why don't they just call it stone skipping? Well, much like math, story structure, things like that, different cultures come up with stone skipping. So there's no real origin for stone skipping. We know that people have been just throwing rocks at the water for a long time. Because they've been bored. (laughs) Yeah, and someone figured out you could skip. So, a bunch of different cultures have their own names for it. And translated into English, sometimes they don't sound like stone skipping. They sound like something else entirely. So because of that, we're going to play a special game. Oh, all right. Trenton, you are the first and only guest ever on Stone Skipping Quiz Show. Oh, no. Will you guess the international names for Stone Skipping? I have six (laughs) questions that I have fact-checked to be true on international names for Stone Skipping. Are you ready, Trenton? If you get three out of six correct, I will give you one of the rocks out of my rock collection. Oh, when we get back to Chicago and you can choose to skip it if you like, it's not going to be this nice one from Aphrodite's Rock. 
I see. something else. Okay. I will do my very best. Okay. Question one. True or false? The Finnish term, so I mean like Finland, the language from there, the Finnish term for stone skipping is haita lepe or vola lepe, which literally translates to to throw a sandwich. True or false? Uh, who's been throwing sandwiches? I'd like to say false, but I could see it being true. So I'm going to say true. That is right. Oh, this my God. Correct. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. Question number two. In the United States, most of us know as stone skipping or rock skipping, but there is a few regional names that do exist. Which of the following is a true regional name for stone skipping? A, salmon fishing from the state of Washington. B, gator clubbing from the state of Florida. C, lobster cutting from the state of Massachusetts. Or D, biscuit tossing from the state of Missouri. Why are, why are all of these like named after various foods or things that you can find in those states well you understand in the united states if we're not going to call it stone skipping or rock skipping it's going to be they related to something so using that regional they relate to something regional that's why it's regional but which one do you think it is well something i just thought was interesting now that i think about it is that all those names you mentioned for the u.s all of those are like foods, but the Finnish term is also about a food as well. So what's with all these people like naming it after throwing food <laughs> or doing doing something about food? Wait, wait, wait! Gator clubbing. Gator. You're thinking about eating the gator, which I actually they do. There is like gator dishes, yeah. but right. Okay, I guess. Um, I wouldn't totally associate that one with food. I would associate that one with. It's in the water. Same with lobster. Same with salmon. <laughs> wait, wait. I, now that you mention it, gator in the water, is it called gator clubbing because they're clubbing the gator with a rock when they skip it across the water? I don't know. Remember, <laughs> only one of these is true. You got to figure only out which one. one is the true one. Oh, no. Um, okay. I'm going to go with biscuit tossing from Missouri because biscuits are kind of flat like the rocks that you skip and biscuits are kind of like sandwiches which is what the finish like to skip so I'm gonna say biscuit tossing D and the answer is and it was C lobster cutting what which is com what they call it in Cape Cod Massachusetts <laughs> Why? I literally just thought of the things like regional things and then just gave it a like verb at the end. Oh no. None of those other ones are true. As oh. far as I know, if you're tossing biscuits into the lake in Missouri, dude, you're racing some pretty good biscuits. They got good <laughs> biscuits in Missouri. Oh no. Lobster okay. cutting. You still one out of two. Remember, you just need three out of ten okay. to get that rock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number three. 
So United States, there's regional varieties. Where there's even more regional varieties is in the Czech Republic and the countries around it that speak Czech. So there are numerous names for the game in Czech, depending on region. A couple are really outdated and might even be anti-Semitic. We won't get into that. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Pretty bad. Anyway, which of the following is not a true translation of a name for stone skipping in Czech? A, bubbles. B, making froggies. That's right, making froggies. (laughs) C, flying egg. Or D, ferrying the Virgin Mary. (laughs) So they're all true except for one. So it's the opposite of the last round. Okay, opposite of last round. So, okay, so out of these four, flying egg makes sense because it's like, you know, egg kind of similar to the stone and is flying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, burying the Virgin Mary sounds absolutely hilarious, but it also sounds like something that you would make up. You think I'm that creative? You, you put biscuit tossing. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Bubbles, I'm bubbles. I guess I could see it because, like, I guess when you skip it across water, then you make like splashes and bubbles. So okay, um, making froggies. What does that even mean? <laughs> making froggies. What are froggies? Like frogs. Making frogs. Uh, one of them. I need to pick the one that's not true. I need to pick the one that you made up, basically. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it is burying the Virgin Mary is the one that's made up. And the answer is, eh, it is C, flying egg. No, no I way. I made up flying egg. No way. I made up flying egg because no last way. week... Last week, the category was egg sports. So it was my little... So Bubbles making froggies and Faring the Virgin Mary are all real names oh for stone God. skipping. Flying egg. It's okay. It made so much sense. <laughs> one out of three. You just okay. need two out of these next ones. Okay. Question number four is another true or false. True or false. The Italian term for stone skipping is nonace transporta, which means grandma carrying. Okay. So this this brings us back to all the way in the first season of this show in which we covered wife carrying. Um, except now this is grandma carrying. Uh, do you would you want to compare skipping stones over water with carrying your grandma mm-hmm. i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i want to say false but i'm gonna go with true and the answer is eh, no nope. i just looked up grandma carrying in google <laughs> translate <laughs> i really like i really like how 
Italian say grandma nona. I really like that. And then just che transporta, and I like nona che transporta. Sound fun. What is what is the real real term then? Oh, the real term. Uh, wait, give me a second. I actually do have it up. The real term in Italian is rimbozello, rimbozello, which in English translates to bounce. Rimbozello means bounce oh, in English. Oh. That that makes sense. Yeah, makes that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so now you have to get both oh. of the last two to oh, no. win the rock. Oh no! Are you ready? Yes. Bring it. Question number five: Which language does not refer to frogs in its translation of stone skipping? A. Czech. B. Mongolian. C. Russian. Or D. Bengali. Uh, okay. So okay. does not refer to frogs in its translation. Okay, so I know Czech does refer to frogs. They're making them froggies. Yep. Yes. Um, Mongolian. Does Mongolia have frogs? Does Russia have frogs? Bengali? I'm just... Where are... <laughs> Where are these places on a map? <laughs> what is I'd, I'd like to know the, the general climate of these uh, various Okay, I can give you... Places. Okay, well, one, Russia is sort of hard to say the general climate because it is the largest it's country in the massive. world. massive, yeah. I guess generally when I think of Russia, I think of just cold, cold But they're all cold climates that have frogs. And you also got to think there are definitely climates in Russia which are better... Than Czech Republic, they're more south than Czech Republic. But and Czech Republic did use frogs. Okay. I will mention Mongolia is not on a major body of water. Okay. I think they may have a lake. They may have. They definitely have lakes and stuff, but they do not have major body, which is interesting because they do apparently have a navy. <laughs> Why do they need a navy? <laughs> uh, for so Bengali, Bangladesh was a part of India and then a part of Pakistan. So you do know it's Southeastern Asia, warm climate. That should give okay. you frogs. <laughs> should should give you frogs. Uh, okay. Um, it's really helping on this one. Which language does not refer to frogs in this translation? Okay. So Czech, we know, has frogs. If Czech has frogs, then Russia is such a big place that they probably have frogs as well yeah um bangladesh bengali probably has frogs as well mongolia now i feel like mongolia would have frogs because i would think mongolia is more of an asian country and might have like frogs and they'd eat frog legs or something okay still they might not use the term frogs I feel like I'm getting a little hint here. I'm going to say, let's go with Mongolia. Mongolian. And the answer is correct. Mongolia oh, does not use the term, does not use frogs in their translation. Mongolia uses, has two terms for stone skipping. It is one that translates to making the rabbit leap 
And another one that translates to making the dog lick. I, I don't really understand making the dog lick. I guess because when dogs lick waddle. Oh, it makes that. Yeah, them. right. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Okay. So if you get the last, I was really nice to you on that one. I'm not going to be nice <laughs> on this one. This one's all I knew. <laughs> you have to get this right to win the rock. Yes. Last question. It's a fill in the blank Ooh. from the Nigerian translation. Okay. Of stone skipping, which is the way a blank skips across the water. Is it A, dragonfly, B, okay. trout, C, crane, or D, hippo? <laughs> oh, I see. Trout would be the obvious answer. But do trout, they have trout? That's that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, do they have dragonflies? I don't, I don't know, know if they do. Do they have cranes? I'm not sure either. You only really... And actually, I'm not even sure if hippos are in that part of Africa. I feel like hippos are. But I'm not sure if hippo is the answer that makes sense here. <laughs> <laughs> the way a hippo skips across the water. Could that be in reference to, like, the rock being heavy? Could be. It could be like a, a, a play on opposites because like you wouldn't expect a rock to skip on water just like you wouldn't expect a hippo to skip on water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, dragonfly, I could see. Trout, I could see. Crane, crane, I don't think it's it. Hippo. Okay, for this one, I will let you look up where if these animals were in Nigeria. If these animals are in Nigeria. Okay, actually, you, want, you can quickly look up if one of them is in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, so decide which one you want to look up if it is in Nigeria. Let's look up trout. Okay. Are you going to look up trout for me? <laughs> oh, do I have to? Okay. Oh, as as the, the game host, you can tell me if there are well, you trout. Usually I would have some sort of assistant in a game show who would do that. I know, but we're on a on a tight budget here. Are there trout in Nigeria, Jacob? Oh, I really can't figure out. Well, there is okay. a rainbow. There is a trout industry. Okay, cool. I can't figure out if they're actually native there, if maybe they just bring it in. Mm. But there is a major trout industry in Nigeria. Okay. So... And there's a medical center called Rainbow Trout Medical. Oh, that's cute. I mean, I don't really know if I want to be taken care of in a place that compares itself to fish. I don't know. Maybe they have aquariums. Aquariums oh, are, was... are known to increase the happiness and comfort of people. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. So, okay. You know there are trout for sure now in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really can't conform any of the others. Though you think hippos are in Nigeria. <laughs> um, all right, Jacob, I have determined my answer. Yes. And the Nigerian translation is the way a hippo skips across the water. Is that your final answer? It is. Okay. And the answer to the last question for is... the rock. 
is not Hippo. It is a Dragonfly. No. Trenton does not win the rock. Oh, no. The Hippo does not skip across the water. Okay, I threw that as like an obvious not one, and you were able to convince yourself. (laughs) When I mentioned the dumb, well, rocks are heavy. (laughs) Oh, no. I've I've bamboozled myself. Nigerian also seems to be the only uh, African country that has a translation. So I don't know why. Mm. But it is interesting that Nigerian definitely has translation. But okay. okay. So trend does not win the rock. <laughs> um, so stone skipping, getting off of that quiz show now. We're just going to le- read the records. Um, the fullest a stone has ever skimmed was 121 meters for men, thrown by Dougie Isaacs from Scotland. It was 52 meters for a woman, thrown by Nina Ludwigborg from Switzerland. Uh, both were thrown on the 28th of May, 2018, in uh, Lake in Wales. So it was a combined effort. The, mo- the record for the most amount of skips ever was 88 by Kurt Mountain Man Steiner. Uh, in 2013 in Pennsylvania. Interesting enough, some scientists think that 88 might actually be the maximum possible and 89 might be impossible. Based on the science of throwing a stone, it might be impossible for at least a human strength to throw a rock stone or rock of stone and skip it across the water. Okay, that seems kind of cool. So then just to recap a little bit about championships that we mentioned, those world championships, they're usually skimming, they mention. They call it skimming, they tend to, for the championships. I think skimming is easier for them to determine, so that's why they how they actually do the championships. And it seems like, again, it's more, the skimming is more organized and more people want to be great on skimming than skipping. But uh, what's interesting is it's a lot of countries around the world have been winners uh, for men's and women's. Uh, the last men's was held in 2019. They canceled 20, 2020 and 2021 due to, the, due to the pandemic, which I'm like, how close you got to be when you're skipping stone? Like, <laughs> it can go on different parts of the lake. Maybe different water conditions are better oh i guess they probably pick one place yeah okay so last men's winner was peter shep from hungary he won 2019 and 2018 the last woman's winner was christina bowen bravery from the uk all right cool so final thoughts on stone skipping (laughs) um I wish I could do it. Uh, I would like yeah. to do it someday. Just got to learn. Yeah. Find a lake or something near you. Yes. I just need to channel my inner hippo. No, not hippo. My inner dragonfly. I would say try to do it on the Chicago River, but I don't think that's a good place to do it. No. Because you really can't even get level with the Chicago River. You need to be level with the, with the body I, of water. 
I don't know if I want to be level with the Chicago River. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Uh, <laughs> so is this a sport? I'm gonna say no. It's, no, it's, why? Yeah, it's a it's a competition. It's, it's a competition. more of a competition, like like the stones of strength, or you know any of the other competitions that we've looked at. I think you it's know? more organized than stones of strength. So right. Why not call this a competition? Call that. Well, I almost call that like a contest, and this a competition. Okay. I think contest because it's really only one thing they're determining, and stone and stone skipping can be skill at the thing, and athleticism. There's less skill at picking up a big rock. There's just right. pure athleticism and strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't lift with your back, but you always don't lift with your back. You should not lift uh, with your back. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. That was not funny. That's just general advice from a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very solid advice. Don't lift with your back. You got to bend with your knees. Yes, use the knees. Never skip okay. leg day. Okay. Well, we've determined now neither of these are sports. So we've also determined that I am very good at picking answers and justifying them in my head. <laughs> I'll find some other competition and I'll make like quiz and I'll make it rock as the price to redeem yourself. <laughs> Hopefully okay. we don't go along the same trend. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, that was really a rocky episode. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> you don't want a final pun? Um I hope we rocked your world. <laughs> uh, okay. Um we're not gonna have a show next week, but we will have one right after that. So uh thank you for listening to Sports You've Never Heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. I'm Trenton Seatill here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Rock on. <laughs>